From the Carlson Law Firm, welcome to Season 1 of The Verdict, a podcast about the laws and processes that shape the real courtroom outcomes of personal injury cases. I'm your host, Keja Conway. On average, about 6 million car crashes occur in the United States every year. In addition, 37,000 people die and an additional 2.35 million are injured in these auto crashes. This is one of the reasons car insurance is mandatory in most U.S. states. Without car insurance, most people would be unable to afford the damages they've caused another, both for damage to the property, like a vehicle, and for personal injuries. Repairs and medical bills cost money. This can get costly rather quickly. And without insurance, society would largely be responsible for absorbing these costs. The basic concept of insurance is to pull money to cover the cost of a car crash or any other event that causes injuries. But one of the major problems we as customers face is a system that favors the insurance industry over the recovery of injured parties. My name is Joshua Crowley. I'm an associate attorney in the North Austin office. I handle personal injury cases. What are you going to be talking about with us today? Kind of an overview of what happens to somebody when they get hit or hurt by another driver uh, here in Texas. And kind of the shenanigans that insurance companies get up to to, uh, to pad their bottom dollar. So can we start off with you explaining how insurance works? In Texas, we have liability insurance. That's mandated by the Texas legislature. That means that if you hurt somebody, your insurance company is going to pay for the first however many dollars you have insurance for. That's not how every state operates. Other states are different. But that is the main liability cover or main coverage that you're going to have if you're just buying insurance. What is the insurance industry's business strategy? I've heard other attorneys say it's delay, deny, and defend. Well, an insurance company is a company first, and that means that they're looking to make profit. Ideally, well, I suppose the way that insurance companies should work is if I hurt somebody, I don't necessarily have enough money in my own bank accounts to pay for all of the damages that I could cause someone. But I'm not uh, terribly likely to have that happen. So in aggregate, if there are enough people together, eventually the odds that somebody is going to hurt somebody else is 100% or near enough to 100% that it doesn't matter. How does the delay, deny, defend strategy affect people who may not know that the insurance industry isn't operating in their best interest? Um, Because you often have insurance agents who call and they're friendly and they say, we're going to do whatever it takes to help you. So how does this play into that? Well, it is a good strategy. Um, You get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. That's what the saying goes. But um, if they call you up and they ask like your best friend and then you sign on a dotted line, you don't get to circle back around. You signed on the dotted line. Okay. They're nice people. They seem like they're not trying to trick me. They seem like they're going to give me money. Um, oh no, I um, I hurt more than I expected to. You know, they said that they would pay for however many number of Cairo visits. Well, 
I'm still at the chiropractor and I'm still not feeling better. Or the chiropractor tells me that I'm going to need surgery. No, man, you're done. You signed on the dotted line. And that's one, that's one line of their defense. If they can get you to settle a case um, by being friendly and nice and smiling, that case is settled. That is, you've been, you've been scammed. I mean, frankly, you've been scammed. Um, just because they're friendly to you doesn't mean that they have your best interests at heart. Just because they're friendly to you doesn't mean that they're not trying to make a profit off of you. And just because they're friendly to you doesn't mean that you're that they're doing fair by you. In fact, here in Texas, uh, you can't sue the insurance company directly if you get scammed. They don't owe you anything. And if they can get what they want with a smile and a wink and a handshake, that's what they're going to do. On average, insurance companies work to maintain a profit margin of around 5%. This may seem like a small number, but it's important to remember that in order for a business to be successful, it needs to profit. This need to profit means that auto insurance companies have to cut costs somewhere. And unfortunately for you and me, this means that auto insurance companies try to pay out as little as possible on a claim. A business being a business, they want to pay out less and collect more. So if the business worked the way it's supposed to, there wouldn't be any profit, right? And seeing as how these insurance companies have shareholders and they have to give profit year after year after year, that means either A, they pay out less, or B, they collect more. Okay? Por que no los dos? Why not both? Okay? So you've got a problem with insurance companies collecting too much in premiums that's what it costs that's what it costs you to be insured you have to pay your premiums it's part of your contract with them and they pay out less so this delay deny defend is the way they pay less out they will first do whatever they can to make you go away just by putting up a stone wall uh, well, you got to talk to this person. You got to fill out that form. You got to do this. You got to do that. Well, I'm hurting, and I need somebody to help me now. I need the money now because I can't afford to go to the doctors. Well, we'll pay you this much to just go away. Okay, I, that's what I need. I'll sign it. I go away. That's a mistake. You shouldn't do that. If you say no, I'm not good for that. I know I'm a little smarter than that. I know that I need to make certain that I'm taken care of in the future too. I don't know how much this is going to cost. I'm not going to sign on a dotted line without knowing how much it's going to take for me to reach maximum medical improvement. I'll say, well, okay. Um, prove it. you got to prove it. It's on you. You have to prove that they're insured injured you, that the injuries stem from the wreck, that you are injured, and um, how injured you are. You need help doing that. That's not something that most people can do. I mean... The insurance company pays for defense attorneys. The insurance company does this for a living. They know what they're doing. And then, when you do finally get somebody to help you, or just you're just so stubborn, they'll defend themselves. It really is your burden to prove your case. And, I mean, that's fair. It is fair that you have to prove your case. 
but it's an uphill battle. Um, there's so many tricks. There's so many little things that the insurance company will do to defend themselves. But if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get it from both ends. You can get hurt from the insured. <laughs> you're not gonna get recovery from it from the insurance company. Texas is not a direct action state, and what that means is that an individual can't sue the defendant's insurance company except under very limited circumstances. The reason is, you don't have a contract with that insurance company. That insurance company has a contract with their insured. They're responsible for what their insured is responsible for. And um, you don't have what's called privity of contract with them. And because you don't have privity of contract with them, they can't breach their contract. They don't have a contract with you. They don't owe you anything. They don't owe you a duty of good faith and fair dealing. They don't owe you the duty not to jerk you around because they're not your insurance company. And how does that work in favor of the insurance company? Well, if you can't sue them for jerking you around, they can jerk you around. I mean, that's the long and short of it. You can't sue them. How are you going to hold somebody responsible like that? You can't. You've got to go after, and that's, that's one of the few ways that you actually can eventually sue the insurance company, the, the driver's insurance company. you got to sue the driver. Okay? You can't sue the driver and the insurance company. You've got to hold the driver responsible for the driver's actions. If you make an offer to settle with the driver that is within the policy limits, then the insurance company is the one that gets to decide whether or not they will tender the policy limits. Um, if they start jerking their insured around, then when you sue your driver and they've done wrong by the driver, you can force a turnover order, you can get that cause of action, and you can take that issue to a separate trial. There's a lot of unsettled area in the law in terms of uh, the Stowers Doctrine. Right now, it is a mess. But um, that's part of what we get for electing our judges. Can you tell us more about what the Stowers Doctrine is? Sure. Stowers involves a car wreck plaintiff in that car wreck was very injured and they said hey look Stowers I, I know how much money you've got I know what your insurance policy is and you know how hurt I am so what I'm willing to do is because you don't have any extra money I don't want to draw this thing out um, I want to settle with you for the policy limits the insurance company goes oh, wait 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 we're the people in charge of settling, uh, making settlement offers. And I see where you have, uh, you have made a demand for the policy limits. Well, that's our worst day in court. If our worst day in court is paying for attorney's fees and then also this, um, these policy limits, why would we settle with you? You know, if you can't make it hurt for us, I mean, we've got a pretty bad hand, but we'll play it out. You know, we'll see if um, if a jury bites at our theory of this this uh, this this case. And so I said, no, we're not going to offer you policy limits. They try the case, they win the case, they get more than the minimum policy limits than the insurance company would have had to settle for. The plaintiff goes to the driver, and they're like, hey man, you know, you kind of got messed around with by your insurance company. I don't know if you know this, but we made an offer to settle for the policy limits. And you were there. You heard what the jury had to say. The plaintiff is very hurt, and 
your insurance company is trying to pay us policy limits now. Well, the only reason we will be coming after you for above the policy limits is because the insurance company decided to, to gamble with your money. You know, they thought the worst day that they could ever have was the policy limits. Now here they are tendering us the policy limits. So how about this? How about you and I get together and we're going to sue your insurance company because now you owe us a ton of money that you don't have and I can't collect it because you don't have it, but you did get messed around with by your insurance company. The only reason you owe this is because your insurance company didn't settle. Okay? So let's get together and let's sue your insurance company. The insurance company goes, what? <laughs> our, our worst day in court just got way worse. <laughs> And it went all the way up to, I believe this was a chancery court opinion. It's, um, the courts worked differently back then. But um, the, the court went, yeah, we're, we, we see this as, we're buying what you're selling, plaintiff. You know, if we say the insurance company gets to do things like this, we're going to have way more lawsuits. We're going um, to have a huge mess on our hands. And we're going to let them get away with something that they shouldn't get away with. Because trials don't happen overnight, you know, and they don't pay you up front. You've got to wait for the trial verdict to come in. You've got to wait for that check. Remember the 2004 romantic comedy Along Came Polly, starring Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston? In the movie, Ben Stiller plays Reuben Pfeffer. He's a life insurance risk analyst. When Polly comes along and starts introducing him to risky things like spicy foods and salsa dancing. Well, the way Josh explains it is the auto insurance industry works pretty much the same way. If you drive, then you filled out a questionnaire asking how far you drive each day, if you'll be using the vehicle for work, and how many speeding tickets or auto accidents have you had in the past 24 months. These questions are the insurance company's way of assessing how risky you are. But auto insurance companies also weigh their risks when evaluating whether to settle out of court or let a case go to trial? Um, it's the same sort of questions they ask when deciding whether or not to settle a case or whether or not to try a case. Well, this person seems like they're fairly hurt, but if the worst day that we're ever going to have in court is $30,000, I mean, they'll mess with you a little bit. If you are more hurt than the policy limits, they're more likely to settle with you in advance or attempt to settle with you for the policy limits in advance because you open that door to that Stowers Doctrine, or you can't open the door to the Stowers Doctrine. So today, does the Stowers Doctrine still require both the plaintiff and the defendant, or is it just something that the plaintiff can do in order to get a recovery? Mm, that's an interesting question. And the answer is, it depends. Okay. Okay? Because the insurance company doesn't have to pay you unless their defendant is held responsible by a court, the Stowers Doctrine and your ability to sue them doesn't happen until you get a jury verdict. Okay, So you've got to make an offer to settle within the policy limits. It's got to be one that a reasonable insurer would settle for. Then they have to say no. You have to go to trial. You have to go get a jury verdict. And then you have to um, you have to sue the insurance company in a separate trial. Okay, you can do that one of two ways. Either you can force a turnover order 
from the defendant as part of your jury verdict. You can execute on your verdict and get that turnover order, which is a process. Or you can have the defendant assign you their right to sue their insurance company, and you just go forward with that. So um, you make generally a promise not to collect on it, and the defendant says, okay, you have the right to go sue my insurance company on my behalf. So it's uh, you're buying a second trial if you get if 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 you have to. Stowers cases don't happen in Texas. They're very 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 rare, um, but technically, you do have to have a second case against the insurance company. Normally, at this point, we would start talking about one of your clients' stories, but this is a special episode because Josh is actually one of our clients. So. Yes. Josh, can you tell us about your auto crash? On January the 22nd. Of 2019? On 2019. Wow. I was driving back from work. And I was working in North Austin, but living in Temple, Texas. So I'm heading north on I-35. And I'm looking at the, the Grand Parkway Avenue. I can't remember what exit it is. And there's traffic all around me. Because we're heading north out of Austin at about the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking around and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of traffic. Oh, look over there in the um, on the access road. The access road's going a lot faster. And then all of a sudden, boom, I hear, I hear and feel something just hitting me. And I had no idea, no idea what happened. Um, I grit my teeth. Um, I'm, I'm now aware that I've been in a car wreck. I grit my teeth. And I just, my entire body tenses up. It's kind of like when you get punched, you tense up. And I know that it's not over because there's a car right in front of me. There's nothing I can do. My foot's on the brake, and I'm looking in front of me, and I'm seeing the back of the car in front of me get real close real fast. And I stop maybe an inch away from its bumper because I've been pushed into it by the car behind me. Um, I'm dazed. I don't really know what's going on. Uh, I know that I've been in a car wreck, and I'm in rush hour traffic on I-35. So I turn on my emergency lights, and I start driving forward. And because I know that for the police officers, one of the most dangerous things that they can ever get called out to is a car wreck. Um, there's still cars flying by, and um, all it takes is somebody not following the rules for a cop to be seriously injured. So I'm going to pull off the road, I'm going I'm to take the first exit, and I'm going to exchange my information with the driver behind me. And I pull forward probably about four car lengths, and I look behind me, and the car behind me isn't going. And uh, I'm like, well... I'm not gonna. I'm not going to leave the scene of this collision, and lose the opportunity to um, to have somebody held responsible for the property damage they caused. And they did cause a lot of property damage to my vehicle. Um, so I, I leave the emergency brakes. I call 911. I report my injuries. I report the collision, and uh, the adrenaline starts to wear off. I probably wait like a good five ten minutes for the cops to come out. Nobody's been moving. But um, I reappreciate how dangerous the situation I'm in is because when there's a slowdown on I-35, people take it personally 
and they start going whizzing by me. And there's a there's a car there's four car lengths between me and the the car behind me. So these drivers think that um, they've passed the, all of the collision, and they just zoom in, and I nearly get rear-ended twice mm. because of how the collision happened. After that, I'm waiting on the cops, and the cops come in, they knock on my window, please, sir, get off the highway. <laughs> I'm, I know, I know, I'm waiting on them. An ambulance is called out because the woman who struck me, uh, her airbags deployed, and mm. she was dazed. In fact, she was so dazed that the police officer who talked to me said that she felt that she must have been drinking or otherwise on something. I don't know whether or not that's true. I don't know that that's been investigated at all. Uh, I suspect that the airbags alone, the force of those airbags, would be enough to knock her for a loop. But the back of my bumper needs to be replaced. It actually bends part of the frame of my vehicle. And somebody's reporting that there is another vehicle involved, one that I didn't see, that has left the scene of the crime. Um, so the cops are very interested in, in what I know about that. But because of the way I was hit and because of the way I pulled forward and I didn't see anybody pass me, I don't know whether or not this phantom vehicle exists or not. I just know that even if it did, then she hit the car that hit me. And she's ultimately responsible for that chain of events. I'm assuming that you have an attorney. Mm, yeah, I do. <laughs> I I thought I thought I was gonna be clever. I was like, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call Geico myself. By the way, I got hit by a Geico insured. Um, I'm just gonna call Geico myself. I get them on the phone, and they go, "Oh, we're so sorry to hear that. We're so oh my god, oh my goodness." And I go, "Yeah, um, she." put a hole in the bumper and it needs to be replaced and I don't know where this light cover is and I, I, I know that even though my bumper has got a problem I don't know what's underneath the bumper, what happened to that it turns out there was damage underneath the bumper too and uh, they go, oh that's terrible well we'll, uh, we'll take care of that and I go, okay, well by the way my head hurts, my neck hurts my back hurts, my ear hurts my jaw hurts, I hurt so I'd like to open a bodily injury claim that's what it's called when you're hurt physically as a result of a collision bodily injury claim. They say to me, well, did you go see a doctor? And I said, no, I didn't go see a doctor. I know what the doctor's going to tell me. The doctor's going to tell me, dude, you got hit in a car wreck. Like, I mean, you're going to hurt for a couple of days. Put some ice on it. Take some rest. Go home. It'll wear off. It'll get worse, but it'll wear off. And uh, the representative that I spoke to said, well, if you don't go see a doctor... We can't open a bodily injury claim. Okay. I was born at night, but not last night. (laughs) We've been talking about damages today, generally. But damages are more than just the physical symptoms. It's more than just the, the medical bills. It is the pain and suffering that you've gone through. It's the mental anguish that you go through. It's all of the medical damages that you have incurred and will incur. Likewise for pain and suffering and mental anguish. If you have to miss time off of work, uh, then it's that as well. Damages are more than just doctor's visits, doctor's bills. It's everything that you lost. Because tort law 
and that's what personal injury law is, is derivative tort law, is supposed to put the plaintiff, the person that was injured, back in the position that they would have been in but for the wreck, but for the incident. And that's more than just doctor's visits. I don't need to go see a doctor to tell me that I'm in pain. I know I'm in pain. And because I've been doing this as long as I have, I know what the doctor's going to tell me. So I said to the, the insurance rep, there's nothing broken. If I go to the doctor, you can tell me I have a strained sprain at most. Um, he's going to give me some Advil, and he's going to tell me to walk it off, champ. Get back in there, okay? I don't need your insured to pay for that. I know what I need to do, but I am hurting. And I wasn't hurting when I got in the car. I'm hurting after I got out of the car wreck. I need you to transfer me to somebody who's going to help me with my bodily injury claim. Their tune changed. All of a sudden, they're like, okay, well, hold on. We don't, we don't, we don't need... We'll offer you $500 for your inconvenience. Not my pain and suffering, my inconvenience. And we will pay up to $750 for chiropractic visits. Chiropractic visits are 750 bucks. They're much more expensive. Uh-huh. And one of the things that this insurance company is going to do is I'm going to go see a chiropractor, and they're going to say, well, how much did you charge him? Did you charge him 750 bucks? Okay, we'll pay you 300 bucks. So at the end of the day, it sounds like I'm getting a good deal. It sounds like I'm getting 1200 bucks, whatever it is. It sounds like I'm getting taken care of. But... I know not to trust them. I mean, they've already lied to me once. Why should I trust them when they're offering me money after? I mean, I know that they don't owe me a duty of good faith and fair dealing. So I'm like, hey, bud, I'm an, in- I'm an attorney. I know, what I'm- I know what I'm about. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go talk to my attorney. No, 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 no. You don't need to do that. And so I literally get out of my chair, walk across the, the hallway to another injury attorney, and I say, Julie Peschel, I've filled out my intake here. I've done all this background. Here's the claim number. Here's the person who hit me. Please work your magic, okay? How injured were you after the crash? Uh, the day of the, the incident, I had a terrible headache uh, from clenching my teeth. I had a, a ringing and a hollowness in one of my ears, and I was sore all over. But it's the next day and the next day and the next day where you start to really discover how injured you were because the adrenaline wears off and the muscle tightness and soreness sets in. I had muscle spasms. There were knots that were in my back and neck that were causing me continued headaches. And another one of the issues is if you hurt, you don't sleep very well. So for the next two weeks, three weeks, I um, received chiropractic care. I had some massage therapy as well. It was not as nice as a as a as a comforting, relaxing massage. It actually hurt a lot. <laughs> but um, ultimately, I was I was able to reach um, a level that I was comfortable stopping going to the chiropractor. Now I was lucky. If it had been worse, I would have been much more seriously injured. Because for most of us, driving a vehicle is the most dangerous thing that we're going to do. Josh says that he's healing okay for the most part, but he also says that he can no longer sit for long periods of time without needing to pop his back, a condition that didn't exist prior to the crash. But Josh is actually quite lucky. Many of our clients endure much more severe injuries that completely alter their quality of life. 
when you're damaged. It's more than just what happened to your body. It's more than just the aches and pains. It's more than just the doctor's bills. It's more than just the time off work. It's also the pain and suffering that you've gone through. It's also the mental anguish that you've gone through. If you have incurred a debt or lost something that you would not have lost or would not have incurred as a result of the collision, those are your damages. It's not just how much does it cost to go to the doctor. And not only is it not what it cost past tense, but in many cases it's what it costs future tense too. Just because you've reached maximum medical improvement doesn't mean that you're not going to have pain in the future. I have pain right now. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have mental anguish. And um, part of that could be depression. Part of that could be anxiety. Part of it could be um, being afraid driving. Um, it, car wrecks affect different people differently. What does a person who was just in a crash need to know and what do they need to do? Okay. Let me, let me give you, let me give you some advice. If you are in a crash, call 911 because they will send out police officers. The police officers will investigate the crash. They will determine who's responsible. They'll say this person or that person. They'll write a report. They'll give you that person's information. If you don't know who the person is, how do you know who to hold responsible? If they just drive off, you're, you, that's it. You better hope you have UMUIM. They will give you the insurance information. If that police officer says, well, I'm just going to give you this exchange of information form, you should ask, hey cop, please, can you do a full-on police report? It's important to me. They say, no, that's it. You can't make them do their jobs. Okay? But take pictures. Take pictures of your car. Take pictures of their car. Take pictures of the license plate. Take, take pictures of the person. Take pictures of the surrounding areas. Take as many pictures as you can. Because without evidence, you can't prove your case. Now, pictures are evidence. Testimony is evidence. If there are witnesses that come forward and they say, oh man, I saw what happened. That was terrible. Get their name. Get their phone number. Because people forget. People disappear. If you don't know who they are, how can you contact them? So if you're in a car wreck, remember, call the cops. Get to a place where it's safe to change, to exchange information, to have the cops come and visit with you. Take as many pictures as possible. So, what do you do if you're hit? Um, you, oh my gosh, pop quiz. Uh, call 911, uh-huh. uh, take pictures. Mm-hmm. Talk to witnesses and get their information. Yes, yes. And then? I don't know. Go to your doctor. Go to your doctor. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to get better. Go to the emergency room and the doctors say, all right, you're back. You're, we're going to discharge you. Follow up. Do what your doctors say. Follow up. So you mentioned in your steps, which is number one is to call 911. Mm-hmm. Um, if the person makes a mistake and doesn't do that, and the police don't come out, can that harm their case? Yeah, absolutely. Part of how it harms your case is finding the person that's responsible for the wreck. If you never get their information, then we can never find them. If you can't tell me who hit you, I, I don't know who to hold responsible under most circumstances. 
It depends. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't come see us because you might have insurance that you don't really know that you have. It's uninsured, underinsured motorist care. If you get hit by a hit and run driver, and you have underinsured motorist, or I'm sorry, uninsured motorist coverage, you get to seek recovery from your own insurance company. Just because they're your insurance company doesn't mean that they don't have that same profit motive. They will try and mess with you. So get somebody who's been there in the trenches with you before. But if you don't call the cops, yes, it absolutely can hurt your case. Even if you get the guy's information, a police officer coming out and investigating what did what happened is a neutral third party. He or she talks to them, talks to you, looks at the cars, looks at maybe if there are tire marks left on the road, and comes up with a determination of who's responsible for this, who's, who's at fault. They um, could issue a citation for distracted driving. They could issue a citation for running a red light, whatever it might be. Um, but the best part of getting a cop out there is to get their neutral third-party opinion of what happened and to get all of the information that you need out of a wreck to prove who's responsible ultimately is responsible. What happens when the at-fault driver is uninsured or if they flee? Well, just because they flee doesn't mean they're not insured. Mm -hmm. If they flee and you find them, then you can hold them responsible, personally responsible for that, and their insurance company will show up and they'll defend them, which is a caveat I want to talk about in a minute. Their insurance company will will stand up and they'll indemnify them for the, the injuries that they've caused. If you never find them, if they flee and you never find them, you've got kind of two paths. One is a uninsured motorist claim. That's a separate insurance that you carry. I want to make something very, very, very clear. If you're listening to this and you don't know whether or not you do or you do not have uninsured, underinsured motorist carrier coverage, stop the podcast, call your insurance company, get it. It is worth every penny because if you're hit by an at-fault party and they cause serious injury to you, but all they have is $30,000, that's it. The rest of it's got to come from the, the person that hits you. But somebody with minimum liability coverage isn't also a millionaire. If they're a millionaire, congratulations, you win the lottery. But they ain't. So if you need to protect, let me rephrase that, not if you need, you need to protect yourself against other people's negligence too. You need to carry underinsured, uninsured motorist coverage. Because if you are hit by a hit-and-run driver and you don't have it, that's it. If you're hit by somebody and seriously injured and that's all the money that they have is their liability coverage, that's it. you got to go after your underinsured, uninsured motorist carrier coverage. And finally, why are personal injury attorneys important for people who've been involved in car crashes? The value of a personal injury attorney is somebody who's been there before, that has fought the insurance companies, that knows what they're doing, and that they're, they're there in the trenches with you, pushing your interests forward, making certain that you don't end up being responsible for the negligence of somebody else.
For more information about the importance of UM and UIM insurance coverage and the benefits of hiring a personal injury attorney, visit our blog on carlsonattorneys.com under news and updates. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and recommend us to your friends. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching The Carlson Law Firm. And as always, if you're in need of a personal injury attorney, give us a call at 1-800-359-5690. We are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We care and we can help.